we are now live welcome to clean breaks report card pickup for the chris covert tuckstock nayambayar fight over the course of the weekend we both picked chris colbert to win i had him going all the way out by decision you had him going out by knockout for everybody that's listening, I fell asleep on the fight. It was around the ninth or 10th inning, I'm not going to lie. It's not necessarily that I fell asleep because of the fight being boring. If anybody knows me, you know very well that I love boxing. As a former um, amateur and street fight, I'm big on boxing and then punching. Learning the sweet science, I just fell asleep because I was fucking tired and you know, the cannabis took hold of me. That good old indica started grabbing me and started telling me to go take a nap and it lulled me to sleep. So I had it going all, all 12 rounds. I didn't, I didn't finish the fight to find out what was, what was going on until the next morning when I woke up and it said he wanted a unanimous decision. So uh, what did yeah. you see? Cause I don't, I can't give a full count for myself. I mean, <clears throat> so report card uh, and you were right by saying it was going to full distance. I, I, I was uh, shocked that Colbert played it safely, is what he did. Um, so what I can say, I would give him a solid B for the performance. Really? A B? Okay. Okay. Yeah. He controlled the fight. I mean, B is a good grade, you know. Uh, he controlled the fight with the jab. That was the key. Um, he couldn't put ones, one, ones and twos together. Um, he couldn't lead with a straight right hand because Tug had hit him with a few counter left hooks. Tug was uh, getting hit with the jab, but slipping and ducking underneath the, the one to the right hand. And then he was coming up with an overhand right. And he nailed Colbert with that a few times. And I think even though the power didn't hurt, hurt Colbert, I think it stunned him that Tug had him timed that quickly. Yeah. And was ready for that. And the reason why I said B is, is because Colbert never changed levels. He just kept, he just doubled up the jab, fired off a few little, you know, three punch, four punch combinations, got in, got out. He didn't really go the extra mile to try to get Tug out of there. He, he didn't approach this fight the way he did the, the previous fight. Um, but Tug was just better. He was better defensively. He was more defensively responsible. He had answers back that were accurate. And I just think uh, Colbert decided, mm, I don't want to keep getting hit or risk getting hit. So I'll just play it safe with the jab, you know, hit him with the jab. I'll still come over the top. Maybe I'll catch him slipping with the two, even though he keeps ducking it. Then we'll just hug each other afterwards. And that, that was literally the fight, in my opinion. Yeah. From what I, I, I saw, and I think I texted you about it. I was like, yo, tug stop. is pretty good at tucking his head and sliding to the inside when the right hand comes yes. from uh, – Chris Colbert. He was very good at that. He was very good at at pot shotting when 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 Chris tried to throw tried to go on an onslaught or he would disrupt his rhythm. And anytime Chris tried to set up the one one two or the one two, he was very good at returning it and having a counter for it. So yeah. it really kept Chris it really kept Chris off of his game and he didn't really get time to set up. And I think at some point I, I saw that Tug Stop was also able to hit him with a good shot and make him back off and make him think, whoa, maybe I shouldn't rush in and go after this guy because he might be able yeah. to hurt me. There were certain points of the fight where I was able to see that. And salute to Tug Stott because he was he didn't go in there to lay down 
and be a punching bag. He went in there to show uh, that he could not necessarily fight, but he could box and keep it up. And to me, it seemed like not necessarily just keep up, but it seemed like to me he was managing. He was trying to manage the time that that the fight was going on. Uh, And he did well with that. I, I thought that was kind of what he would do because he was going up to a guy that would still be a, a higher weight class than he was by the time mm-hmm. the fight started. I also thought he would do that. Be, or I also thought that the other thing that he would do, he would just put on the pressure to try to back Chris Colbert up. And he did. He really didn't do much of that. He was just always in front of him. He didn't let Chris Colbert lead him around the ring, but he was always available to give shots and then – and then counter, even though he would take something. Yeah. And Chris Colbert was, wasn't able to really yeah. hurt him and get him out of there. Yeah, number one, Colbert wasn't able to hurt him. Number two, Colbert wasn't able to put multiple combinations and punches together and land. He can land one punch, but he can never land the, 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 uh, the punches that came after. Yeah. Um, what I was shocked by, Colbert, you know, and here's the thing where you get kind of, kind of too cute switching um, – Orthodox to Southpaw is when he switched Southpaw, Chuck Stott hit him with some straight right hands easily and quickly. And then he got up out of that Southpaw stance really quickly. Even though Cobra switches, say like an Innocent or Crawford, he hasn't mastered it like they have. Um, he does it more as a means to some, somewhat confuse, temporarily confuse uh, his opponent or if they're, you know, amateurish and he can catch them off their game. But uh, like I said, big uh, ups to, uh, to King Tug because he wasn't, an amateur. He was a pro. And he's like, okay, you want to come with that wide open, you know, southpaw stance? I'm going to shoot this right hand. And he shot him and he knocked him, popped him a few times too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two things I was shocked that Cobra didn't do. I agree with you. He's not as um, advanced at the southpaw, from southpaw stance. I think his effectiveness would have been at orthodox. I'm shocked he didn't go with the 2 1. I'm shocked mm. because Tug was ready to take the one because, you know, the jab wasn't a big power that he didn't try to lead with a straight right hand on Tug and then either come with a, with, with a hybrid jab cross or either lead with a straight right hand and come with a hook to the body. I, the reason why I gave him a B is he, he didn't variate, he didn't switch it up. He didn't say, okay, you, you're, you're accepting the jab because I'm quick, but what you're doing is, you're, like you say, you're ducking and rolling off to the side to, to obey my right hand coming, coming, come over, coming over the top. Couple times Cobra caught caught him coming over the top. He did, he did. But I think Cobra was uh, the other the other thing he could have done is, and I told you, I texted you this. I'm shocked he didn't change levels. That he didn't jab upstairs. He didn't go downstairs. You know, a lot of times the reverse. A lot of guys may go downstairs to come up to open up upstairs. He just didn't show. Um, he didn't show the variation in his game to that once Tug took the the thing, the basic thing he wanted to do, take it away. He didn't come with he didn't come with a with a plan B and a plan C and I was I was disappointed with that. My well, so for through the nine rounds that I did see, if he was gonna jab him all night, to me that would have been fine. If you can jab a guy all night and he get did. out of there with just jabbing, that's awesome. That just that that just shows how good you are as a guy who can jab. But yeah. in a situation from what I saw, when he tried to put it on to. Tug was just like, yeah, bro, I've been hit by harder guys in this, and I'm a, I'm an Olympian. Like, you're going to have to do more than that. Like, to, for yeah. those who don't know, getting to the Olympics, you got to have some type of boxing acumen. You don't get there just by 
throwing a bunch of punches. You have to be smart. You have to be decisive. You have to be able to vary and have a, a plethora of, of, of mechanisms in your arsenal when, you, when you're in the ring. And even though King Tug didn't do a lot, he did the basics of keeping Chris Colbert from getting a knockout and, and making it look very pretty as he went along throughout the course of the fight. Yeah. And it's not, that's not a bad performance on King Tug's part as far as going 12 rounds with a guy at 130, you know, and, and, and his performance, like I, I liked it. I would like to see him go back to the gym and, and work on a few things for King Tug, yeah. but that's not my decision. I don't, I'm not in this corner. I'm not going to say, I can say what I think he should work on, but fuck that. Um, Chris Colbert, congratulations to you. Congratulations to Tug uh, Nyambayar for the fight. I, I, I did enjoy what I did see. But what I think I enjoy most, and not necessarily because of the KO, but I just enjoy Michelle uh, Zazara, I think that's his name, Ali uh, Rivera. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that a little bit more just because his boxing acumen, it was, he was wiry and long and rangy. And you could see that Fernandez couldn't pick off, couldn't get or pass the jab, like he was always getting hit by the jab, and he just shot that motherfucker out of there very well until he finally got to, to the point in the seventh or eighth, ninth round where he was able to get Fernandez out of there with that with that overhand right, um, and and that was a very good fighter, man. The motherfucker, I text you, I said, yo, he looks a lot like Ali, a young Cassius yeah. Clay, man. He looked yeah, he a did, lot did. like a, a young Cassius Clay, and maybe that's his idol. Maybe he has summoned that spirit. But he looked very good doing it. There was a couple of times. Oh, you didn't see that after the fight? You didn't see the post-fight conference, what he said? Did you no. see what he said? No, well, I, oh, he I said, saw that. I saw what he was saying. You know, he was channeling Ali and everything like that. Yeah, he said, he said, his, he said he's with his spirit. He was like, his spirit is in me, so therefore I am him. Yes, sir. And, and that's, if, that's why I'm here. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And if you, if you believe in that and you can channel that type of thing, no matter what you <clears> believe in, what, it, what comes down to next is the work that you put in and out of the 21 wins that he has, he has 14 knockouts. He doesn't have any losses, no draws. He's a he's a very good talent. If if I'm Michelle Rivera, if you're listening, my guy, you're gonna have to learn the same lesson that Sugar Ray Robinson, aka Walker Smith, had to learn. It's okay to move, but at some point, you have to learn how to pace yourself in the ring because Sugar Ray Robinson, the guy that Muhammad Ali gives a lot of credit to. He had to learn. Sugar Ray Robinson had to learn. It's okay to be a beautiful boxer, but conserve your energy when you're in the ring so you don't burn as much. And in the latter rounds, if it does go late, you have more to, to, to give in the fight. You have more resources to, to put punches together and get these guys out of here, and you can conserve energy. Bouncing around and everything like that is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You, you look beautiful. I loved it. I enjoyed the show. But you have to make sure that you conserve some energy because guys like Chris Colbert, guys like Devin Haney, Javante De uh, Davis, uh, uh, even Tugstad Nyambayar, um, um, Tevin Farmer, all these guys are going to be anticipating you to burn out energy. And if you're not burning it out on your own, they'll push it on you and make you burn out that type of energy. So you definitely want to make sure that you're, 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 you're in check and you know what you're doing. And it's OK to just step around a guy. It's okay to just be fluid and have fluid motion or grab a guy and push him back and get him to the ropes and things like things of that nature. So 
Um, I enjoyed that fight against uh, Rivera versus Fernandez. That was an awesome fight, man. I thought that he was going to end up boxing this guy to the end of the very, to the end of the fucking twelfth round, and he didn't. He caught him with a. What grade? What grade do you give him? I give him an A. I give him my A. I give my A minus. I give him my A. I give him a straight up A because in the points where he became lackadaisical, he only became lackadaisical because he was trying to figure out like, yo, what are you going to, what else are you going to do? If you're not going to do nothing, I can stay behind the jab. Like I can do this. Like I, I, I got that. And then when he finally got hit and he got rocked, he was like, okay, let me get, let me get back to the business of this thing. Let me get back on, on my jab. Let me move around. And then let me let me start setting up this right hand. Another thing Rivera has to do is he has to work on having more than that right hand. You can't depend on that punch, pimp. Uh, even Eric Morales, as as hard of a right hand that he could throw, he could set it up with an uppercut, a jab to the body, a jab to the head. He had a variation of punches. You need a myriad, a plethora of punches to make sure that you can disguise the actual shot that's going to come through. You gotta have that in your arsenal. You got you got to. But it was overall, it was a good fight. I enjoyed that fight, man. I have no qualms, nothing wrong with with with, with what I saw from that fight. What did you get? What did you you say? A minus? Yeah, just A minus. He got caught slipping defensively and got you know got put on his ass there. Um, but he got back up, like you know, like a true warrior. You know, with, with showed some heart and got up and then gave it right back. But was smart about how he gave it back. I think mine is because, like you said, with his movement, he became very predictable with his movement. And that's how Fernandez was able to, you know, shoot that jab and bam, come with that right hand, blind him with the jab and catch him. Because he became very predictable with his movement, circling around the ring, keep doing the same thing. You can't keep doing the same repetitive thing. The guy's going to eventually catch on to that. Um, and then you, you're right. Uh, I mean, I know he fell in love with the right hand because he was hitting Fernandez with it all night long. Um, what I did like that he did that was unique with the right hand is he didn't just throw the right hand straight. He kind of came a little over the top with the right hand. And I think Fernand, I think Fernandez was looking. He was kind of blinded by the jab he got hit. But I think he was anticipating just the right hand he was getting hit with all night. But that right hand came from a little slightly different slot mm-hmm. and hit him and, and hit him in, in a good spot. Hit him in the right spot yeah, where obviously he was right behind the ear where he was way more vulnerable. So I think I, that was a very, very nice in-fight adjustment. I saw he did to add throw a little, you know, variation to how he was delivering his right hand. But I agree with you. He, he's going to have to, with his skill set, especially with that jab, um, if, if he could, if, if he had like a left hook or a double left hook, he's got the hand speed, he's got the foot speed. If he could develop a double left hook or he could hook off that jab, you know, obviously uppercuts and stuff like that. But if he just added like a left hook, to his game, he, he would be very, very, very dangerous because his his one-two was good. Obviously, he can change the angles on it. Easily, you need know, something to double the jab, just to kind of mix up the timing so you're not too predictable. Um, so he's pretty good. I, all in all, I think he did very well. He's got to work on his ring movement. I agree with you. He needs to not move as much, conserve energy, yeah. and also be a little bit more unpredictable with his movement so people can't track him and then time him yeah. to where he gets caught. So. Uh, and I like to see him go to the body more too. I would like to see. But him. he was going to the body. He he did. Yeah. And not because remember, for everybody who doesn't know much about Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay, he never he was not a body puncher at all. And if you do the science, if you do the science on Muhammad Ali, I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me when I say this. But Muhammad Ali fought scared. He stayed on the outside. 
he jabbed and everything was to the head. He never stepped in. He threw he and, and threw body punches. He was never a body puncher. Puncher. And when I say he fought scared, I don't mean that he was scared, but he was never the type of fighter that was willing to step in on the inside and get dirty. Everything for Muhammad Ali. Yeah, he was. He was very. He was very sure about being an outside fighter. So Rivera seems to be an outside fighter, even though he's willing to throw body punches he's he's trying to follow that that narrative with muhammad ali of being an outside fighter but he's more willing to throw body punches and i saw him throw quite a few significant body punches in that fight against fernandez um and another thing when you all watch go back and watch tape of muhammad ali if you pay attention to muhammad ali when he's fighting when he knows he got you his eyes light up you know what i mean like that lets you know where he is in the moment when he catches you that's how he knows. But he fought in a manner of not being a coward or afraid, but scared as in there. I don't want to get clipped by a shot and I'm going to stay on the outside and fight from the outside to make sure I can pick my shots off. But that was overall, that was a good fight. Uh, Michelle Rivera, Michelle Rivera has some things to um, work on. Minor things, minor adjustments, but I think he'll be OK. He's a good fighter. I, I definitely enjoyed watching him. It's a beautiful boxer, um, but he's he's yeah, in the right too. division. Was he 20, 23? Yeah, 23 or 24. Beautiful yeah. boxer. Yeah. I, I enjoyed watching yeah. what he was doing, and I, and I can't wait to see more from him. This is a good yeah. start for him. In America, he's going to need more fights against uh, more up-and-coming up competition to get him to the level of a, 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 a championship level or just to get to him to the level where he can fight the Arboletas or the Chris Colbers and things like that. But I enjoyed mm-hmm. what I saw from him. Um, and, and it was, a, it was a beautiful fight. I, I kind of enjoyed that more than I enjoyed the Chris Colbert uh, tug stop fight. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely enjoyed the uh, uh, Michio Rivera Fernandez fight over, over the main event. Yeah, it, it was a it was a dope fight. And, and that's not to say because he got the knockout. Oh, you only like that because he got the knockout. No, I never saw I well, not never, but I didn't see much of Michelle Rivera um as far as fighting goes. I only seen like two or three mm-hmm. fights. I saw the 146 fight and then the fight where he fought at 130 or something like that. And the kid has been jumping up and down and weights because he's been trying to get fights. Um, and it's been kind of hard for him to get fights. He's he's long. I don't think people understand he's long and rangy. He reminds me of some of the shit that I used to do and other guys used to do. Like you're long when you're long and rangy like that. Like no one wants to be in the ring with you because that shit is very hard to to dictate in time and put a put together a game plan. It's different from being on the outside of the ring, looking at it, and then being in the actual ring, and you see a Roy Jones, a Floyd Mayweather, a Michelle Rivera, a, a, a Sugar Ray Robinson, all those guys. Like, it's different once you're in there, and you're like, God damn, the jab is, it comes out further than I thought it would, and it's faster than I thought it would be, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, uh, he's long, he's ranging, he's wiry, and he has the, the, the frame of a basketball player, which is really what you want when you're in the ring with a guy like that. Um, yeah, and, and he, he's got good size, especially if he stays at one thirty-five. He's got good size for one hundred thirty-five pounds. Yeah, yeah. He's so about what, five. What, he's at least five eight. Five eight, five nine. Yeah, he, he's got good size for one hundred thirty-five pounds. He is wiry, long. He's got a he's got a very very nice jab. Yeah, it comes out of there, man. It, he and it varies. Like he can pop you with it, or he 
he slingshots it like a like he, he shotguns mm-hmm. it. He gives you a shotgun yeah. jab. You know, he yeah. varies it up, and it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and I, I enjoy watching that, you know, mm-hmm. not to say that I didn't enjoy the Chris Cobra fight because I did enjoy the Chris Cobra fight. But listen, man, I, I, I've been enjoying my weekend. I got a couple of days off, you know, and it was just time for me to relax my mind and my brain and my body. And Yeah, I feel you. you. Know, I, I just yeah. fell asleep during the fight. You know what I mean? It was no disrespect to Chris Cobra. I think Chris Cobra is a great yeah. fighter. Um, I just think he has to be more mindful of uh, his opponents in the ring um, and not necessarily think that you can get a stoppage with some of these guys because you have to take into account that these guys are Olympic champions and, and they've made their way up through the ranks. The reason why I kind of was like, okay, Jay may be right. He may get the stoppage. I didn't even know that King Tug only had 13 fights. I'm like, oh, he he, he may just get this guy out of here, but. He's a hardened guy, um, and yeah. he came with a game plan to upset what Chris Colbert was trying to do. You know what I mean? So, so salute hey, to King. Yeah, he can take a punch. Yeah, he, he can take a punch. That too. He can, he can give a punch. He's a problem. You know, I know he lost to Gary Russell Jr., um, but he's a problem at 126 with other, other 126 pounders. You know what? If he gets the proper time, he might be a problem at 130. We don't know. We don't yeah, know. I mean, like, yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, if he gets acclimated to it and, you know, works on a few things, yeah, I, I can see that, too. I, I think he's super dangerous at 126, though, but yeah. Super, yeah, you know what? You're right. Super dangerous at 126. Just just because now that he has his experience, if he can go back mm-hmm. to the drawing board and say, this is what I did wrong, this is what I did right, these are the things that I need to improve right. upon and go exactly. forward, it'll, 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 he'll definitely be a monster at 126, and then yeah. he may come back at uh, Gary Russell and give him hell. You know, you never know. Just think of it. He's what 13, 14 fight. How many guys can say, Oh, I was in the ring with Gary Russell Jr. and Chris Colbert? You know, it's not many 126 pounders that can say, even in just his 13 fights, can say, I faced that type of competition. That's that's facts. That's so. I just think, um, I think he has an advantage, um, over others. I like to see him persevere. Um, I like the way he represents his country. Um, I like how he's uh assimilated to our culture here as well and made that part of, a part of his identity. Yeah, he talking so shit. I mean, yeah, I like him, you know. Um, he's out there in L.A., West Coast. Tired of him, came with Tupac, you know. Uh, I love that. He came out with that Tupac music. I was like, oh, I, I almost, oh, man, I got kind of have like, okay, let's go. I haven't heard that. My ambitions as a rider, I haven't heard that one, boy. That's, it's been a long time. Yeah, it was. Uh, my favorite yeah, Tupac like- song is is Picture Me Rolling, by the way, if anybody cares. But oh, okay. All right. That's my favorite. So yeah, he uh he definitely impressed me, man. I, he's a guy, I, you know, if he when he fights again, I'd I'd watch his fights just to follow him and see how he does. And I just genuinely think he's a good guy. I think he's a good guy. So um, you know, salute to him. And obviously I think Chris Colbert, you know, put another notch on the belt. His team needs to, you know, he needs to get a bigger fight now. He needs to so my question is to you, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. He wants, is he an official champion at 130 or is he just like an interim? No, he's, a, he's, a, he's an interim champion. The problem is, you know, he, he's got to get the fights on the PBC side at 130, right? Even like he admitted, you know, he would love to get the fights with a Shakur Stevenson or Jamel Herring or Oscar Valdez, but those fights aren't just aren't going to happen. So... Um, no. You know, he's got to keep mowing down everybody on his side of the street 
and eventually get his name up there and, and add more value to his brand. And then that way, once he becomes a, a valuable piece, it, it kind of, it makes a fight across the street more viable, you know, when, 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 when there's enough uh, reason to make it. That's just kind of how boxing is operating right now. Has the fight for Jamel Herring and Shakur Stevenson been made, or are they, are they it, still in it, talks? They're negotiating. Um, they're definitely trading some fighting words, but they're negotiating, and it, and it should be finalized soon. I don't think it's finalized, but I know it's, it's going to be. That that's they're fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. I posted that. He started uh, Shakur started calling him dumb and stupid, and I was yeah. like, oh, he he definitely wants to fight. He trying to yeah. put some build up behind it, but um, yeah, I definitely want to see that fight. Um, Shakur yeah, isn't Shakur isn't too small of a fighter. He's five eight. Uh, Jamil Herring is around what, five, five ten, five eleven. So um, yeah, he's, he's not going to be yeah, he's not going to be too tall. Um, I think that's a fight. So let's speak on. Let's talk about that fight. I think that's a fight where even though Jamil Herring is a taller fighter, he's going to have to put something on on Shakur, or he's going to just get boxed all night. He's, he's just going to lose. I agree with you. I think he's going to approach him. He learned something from the Frampton fight. Granted, Frampton didn't outbox him, but he came to the fight preparing for Frampton to come in and try to outquick him. And one thing, one adjustment I have seen Herring do is he's starting to realize he needs to sit down. You can hear me? Can you hear me? For him to sit down on his punches. And... Um, I think I think with him sitting down on his punches, I think he, he you know he's got a chance. I think he got a better chance than most people would give him against Shakur. Uh, I still have Shakur winning that fight by decision, uh, but uh, I, I, he he can you know he, if he catches him, he can hurt him. In my opinion, for me, he has to come in with the mean streak to really get Shakur out of there. Because if he okay. comes in there with the with the mind or the template that I'm going to outbox him, he's going to lose that fight. He's going to lose. I agree. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Let's prove who the bigger boxer is. Yeah, he should come. He should come in there like I'm the military veteran. I'm the grown ass man. I got I'm more to lose. And and not only that, but he got to come in there to me even harder. He got to come in there like I'm gonna whip your ass, little boy. You talking a lot. He's got to come in there with that type of energy. And he's got to hunt. Now he got to be smart about it, but he's got to he's got to hunt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I just don't see a situation where he goes in a ring against Shakur Stevenson and he wins just based on his boxing acumen. I just don't. I don't see it. I think there's too many too many skills in the toolbox of Shakur St- Stevenson to win a fight just based on boxing. I think he has to. For the same way I felt about uh, King Tug, I felt King Tug had to not go out on his shield, but he would have to go out on his sword. And I feel that Jamil Heron is going to have to do the same thing. There's no way you can win a fight if you just sit there and try to uh, punch for punch and 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 point out point a Shakur Stevenson. Right. I just don't see a situation like that where he's going to win it. No, I, I think he needs to try to rush Shakur up. I think yeah. he needs to use his physical older man strength and make the fight a little dirty, dumb it up, not let Shakur box beautifully. And I think he needs to, you know, he, he needs to make it a physical fight yeah. is what he needs to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the only way, man, because Shakur is too, he's too good and comfortable with 
outboxing guys and keeping them on the outside and making them look bad. Like he he's too comfortable with that. Uh, someone is gonna have to have a mean streak in that fight. And yeah, uh, and, and if it ends up being both of them, fine, good. We're gonna get a hell of a fight. If if Shakur yeah. decides that he's gonna go forward that fight and put some heat on Jamil and get him out of there, even better. But whoever it is, either one of you motherfuckers, y'all gonna have to come into the ring letting letting the world know, letting the boxing world know, the boxing community, the boxing galaxy, you're going to have to let them know that you're not here for the bullshit and you're here to be a force and to be reckoned with at 130. You're not going to have to, you, you can't just go in there and, and just try to outbox the next guy. You got to go in there and make him look bad. That's the only way you're going to win the fight. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it should be, when they make that fight, you know, I'll watch it. I think it'll be a good fight. And both of them are under uh, top rank, right? Top rank. Okay. So that, that's, again, that's going to be a fight that's easy to make. Whenever they do the Valdez, that's going to be a fight easy to make. Valdez is taking, a, you know, a voluntary, mandatory, you know, he's doing the Canelo. He's doing the Abney Yildirim. So who knows who he'll end up fighting. Um, that's what he's doing. And so he will probably face the winner of Jamil Herring and, um, and uh, Shakur Stevenson. Do you believe that uh, Oscar Valdez could beat a Jamel Herring or a Shakur Stevenson? I don't think he could beat Shakur. Um, he has a chance against Jamel Herring. It depends on which Jamel Herring shows up. Shakur is all the boxer, the master boxer Shakur is always going to show up. Yes. And so that's why no matter what happens, he outboxes Valdez. He, he takes away that left hook. He just completely disarms that left hook, honestly, with his jab. His jab is going to take away, uh, uh, and I know that sounds crazy, but I think Shakur moves the jab. He makes him uncomfortable. He comes out from different angles. And I, I think Valdez does kind of what Danny Garcia do, did, which, you know, he, he throws it, but it's blind. It's not like he's not setting it up. He doesn't feel comfortable. When, he, when, when he's throwing it, he's not really, he's not really thinking he's going to land it. You know, so I think Shakur puts him in that type of situation. And once, once you once you take that away from Valdez, I think he's pretty pretty simple fighter. I mean, he has other tools, but to speak on that's what his you, best weapon. To speak on what you're saying, I, I kind of agree with that because for Shakur, he's naturally going to go to his left hand, which takes away mm -hmm. the left hook. He's going to keep sliding yeah. away from the left hook. So you're going to have to reach to do that. Yeah. So your next option is the right hand. All right? Yeah. And if you yeah. throw the right hand, he's going to go to the body and then he's going to go to the head. So, um, yeah, he's a, yeah. I, I can see Shakur doing several things. I see Oscar being, I see him setting him up with some uppercuts too. Um, I, I just see several ways Shakur wins that fight. Jamel could do the same thing. Um, Jamel could, could take the left hook away too. I think Shakur will do it better. Again, it just depends on which Jamel Herring shows up. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shakur has a better chance, but both both of those guys are still a tough fight for, for Oscar. Both yeah, those, I think know. I think I think Herring can definitely do it because of the length. Even as yeah. an orthodox fighter, he has the length to definitely keep an Oscar. He's Valdez. a southpaw. He he southpaw. Yeah, Jamal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jamal Herring southpaw. Wow. Okay. So I I'm sorry, Jamal Herring. I got it all fucked up. Um, I yeah, thought he was southpaw. an orthodox fighter. Okay. Wow. So no, even southpaw. tougher then. That's even tougher. That's, that's that's my point. I think Oscar would, you know, he, his whole training camp would be about those straight right hands, trying to find, trying to set up those lead right hands. The problem is, 
Number one, Shakur's too quick. You can see it coming. The problem with Jamel is, is trying to get through that distance. Yeah. And I think Herring was, did, did a poor job in previous fights maintaining distance. I think he was so dialed in, dialed in on that Frampton fight. And I was very impressed with how he controlled the distance in the Frampton fight. And mm. granted, Frampton's older on his way out. So, you know, you know not as quick or as athletic as, as Valdez. I'll say that much. He's, but he's, had, he's had a couple hard fights, too. He's had a couple He's had some hard fights, too. And, and I just, I definitely think Jamil could control the distance. And I think Jamil's jab. And I also think that that that, that left hand to the body, um, that Jamil's become really good and accustomed to throwing would really uh, give Valdez a lot of problems. So, um yeah, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, both of them are popping for about this. We'll see if he even takes a fight with him if he ducks them. You know, we'll have to see what happens. You know, Burchill's going to come back and want to try to get his get back too. So we'll have to see what's up with him. So, you know, we'll see. Do you think that uh, Miguel Burchell should move up to 135? Uh, probably so. I mean, I think, you know, I think he probably struggled with the weight. At 130, looked, I think he... He looks very he, big. Yeah, he looked way drained. Uh, I think he should move up to 135. What are his prospects at 135? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he got those a lot of punches. He has a lot of activity. He's in good shape. And let's see if, if, you know, if his power carries up, which it probably could. He'll be an interesting fighter. Do I put him in the top five? No. But um, I think I mean, he, 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 he could break compete. through. He could break through. He can compete. Yeah, he can compete. He can get a championship opportunity. Um, I think he could do that, but I think he a piece of he left a piece of himself in that ring that fight with Oscar Valdez that I think he'll never get back. Is look, it's boxing. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. happen. Um, let's go to a lower division. One eighteen, <laughs> the one eighteen division. Shout out to El Chacal Guillermo Arigandao, who I believe is the guy that no one wants to fight and everyone is ducking him, including you, including you, Inoue, Naoya Inoue. You ducking him too. Let's just call it what it is. You're ducking him. You you, you stand out his way. I don't believe it ain't a, look, I want to say it because I'm a big fan of El Chacal. I've been saying it for years. It ain't going to be too many guys that beat him. The only guy that beat him was Lomachenko and that was two weight divisions at 130. When Rigandal decided to jump up at 130 and, and fight the guy, even though he had just or he was coming off a couple wins with Nonino Donaire at 122, and he went up and decided to fight Lomachenko when Lomachenko should have really fought him at 122 or maybe even 126. No, no when should have fought Devin Haney, but well, <laughs> so there's a lot, there's a lot of things that should have happened with Lomachenko's yeah. career. Uh, he should have fought. He should have fought uh, Guillermo El, El Chacal or Rigondeau at 122 or 126 when he, yeah. first, when he first came in. And he didn't. Yeah. And you got yeah, out the way. Didn't. And you later swung up, you spun a block and you got him at 126 or 130 or whatever it was. And you, and yeah. you ran but circles he, around him. 130. You, went, you, put, you wanted to put the name on the resume. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you I, know, yeah. he, he, he did that. And yeah. so that's what it was. I mean, you know, yeah, he's fighting uh, Joel uh, Casimero. I mean, that's what he's fighting since the Donaire fight got canceled. So earlier you were saying you think that it was a duck by Nonito Donaire. I don't think it was a duck at all. 
I, I just don't. I don't. I don't. Why would Jay? Why would I pay for your drug test results just for me to pull out and say I don't want to fight no more? Exactly. Why would I pay for your drug test results and just because some knucklehead who wasn't even you, but because some knucklehead in your camp said something stupid about my wife? Why, why, why would I? Why would I let my wife cancel the fight? Then I got to get in the ring and fight because I'm training for. Correct. And I, I hear why, that. I how, would I, how would I let that happen? There's no way in the world I let that happen. If that's the case, we don't get Thriller Manila. You know how many fights we don't get? As, but as a, as, a younger, as a younger you, you take that on. Same way Sugar Ray Leonard did. He said, yo, all right, let me go in here and fuck this guy up and fight this fight. But as an older guy who's 37, 38 years old, you ain't got no time for that. Like, dude, this is the, this is the business portion of that. And I'll say this to John Casimiro, good luck, because now you have to fight Guillermo Rigondeaux, and, and no one wants to fight him. Not even Naoya Inoue wants to fight him. And that's just a fucking fact. So they talk luck. noise about they talking noise about El Chicago. I they say, oh, he's old. He's like 45. Oh, he looks old. Pacquiao's 42. That's, that's that's what they're saying. So they're talking a lot of noise about your boy saying, oh, Casimiro's gonna get him out of there. He's gonna yeah. destroy Good him. luck. That's, that's the talk. Good luck. Good luck. Cause he fucking broke. Don't no need those eye socket and the jaw or one of the others, some shit like that. Good luck. Go ahead and run into that. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Cause I don't. It, it'll be a miracle if you beat him. Matter of fact, it won't even be a miracle. It just show your hard work and your dis. Excuse me, and your discipline when you're fighting a top, a top fighter and a top athlete like that. Norito Donaire, he tried his best at 122 when Rigondeaux moved up, and and he and he still got wasn't destroyed. Able to, yeah, yeah. He got he got beat the fuck up. And salute to uh, Nonito because he did the best he could. The Filipino Flash, he put on a good performance. But Guillermo Rigondeaux, El Chacal is just a, something different when you're talking about boxing, distance, uh, master boxer. He, he's just on another level, man. And, and it's going to be hard for Huh? Casimiro was saying, like, look, man, whatever. I'm going to take on El Chacal. I'm going to destroy him because, look, man, he's the number one Filipino. And Nonito has been known as number two. And, you know, uh, Casimiro, he, he, his whole team is Manny's team. Correct. You know, same man to Sean Gibbons. Correct. So he wants to come out of the shadows. Obviously, he wants to be number two. And he wants his own, as Manny starts to go out the game, he feels, hey, now I can step into the space for the Filipino people, for the Filipino fight fans, and be the man. So obviously he was hoping to get Donito to take the guy who was ahead of him from a legacy standpoint, but now he's going to get the guy who actually beat Nonito. So he's even more, uh, he said he's just as motivated. So I think it's going to be a good fight. I hope um, Vicky Diao is up to the task and he, he, he's really coming to fight because if, if he comes with the mindset that, hey, I'm not just going to take the payday. I'm going to come in there and I'm going to whip some ass. I think he's going to be fine. And I think he will. I think obviously with Lomachenko, he was outmatched because it was, it was way above his weight. It was a huge size disparity. I think in this instance, because the size is similar, Rigondeaux tends to really excel against obviously guys in his weight class and guys around his size. So Absolutely. we'll see what happens. should be a good fight. I'm it should be to. a good fight. I think Casemiro is going to go in there and think that, oh, I'm going to go in here and walk this guy down. Or I'm going to throw a bunch of punches. Yeah, and he he's going to get, he, he get hit with a left hand, and then he's going to go, whoa. 
Yeah, that's nasty. Put people on their ass. Yeah, it's nasty. It's gonna be nasty. So if you can get past the Casemiro, if you can get past the left hand and the distance and the speed, the ability, the master boxing class that uh, El Chacal has, if you can get past that, use a bad motherfucker. But I still say that no matter what people talk about about uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux. He's still one of the top boxers that are out there, and no one wants to face him because when they get in there, yeah. he embarrasses people. He makes them look really, really bad. And no one wants yeah. to go 12 rounds with a guy that they can't touch, and he makes you suffer. He torments you for 12 rounds. He doesn't necessarily. Best straight left hand. I don't know. People gonna think Manny can southpaw, but Manny to me does like a, a, lot, a lot of leaping and jumping and diving in with his punches. In turn, which makes him unorthodox. That's his style. But the best straight left hand I've ever seen is is, is, is rigging Dallas. Yeah. The, 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 where, where it comes from is it, weird because it's like a picture, right? This it's the same motion, nothing changes. But you know, you think you know he does it, and it's like okay, hit you with a curveball, hit you with a changeup, hit you with a slider. Then once he figures out, oh, okay, cool. Now it's time for the fastball. And it looks the same, but the power effect. I've seen him hit guys that left hand, and it's like, oh, okay. I see where you're going to be at. I see I can touch you with this. Do that again, and the fastball's coming. And then, bam, and he'll knock him into next week. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give away some of the things that I noticed about Rigondeaux when he's punching. As you get closer to him, he starts to measure you. Mm-hmm. He puts his right hand out. That right hand, yep, sure does. And he measures you. <laughs> And he's not putting it out there to keep you necessarily to keep you away, but he's measuring the distance between you and the punch he's going to throw. Yep. It's not just to just throw it out there to keep you guessing, but it's to measure the distance between where you are and where he is when he throws his punch and where yeah. he's going to be when he lands the punch. It's never what you all think it is. The man is so smart. He's a master classman when it comes to boxing space, distance, and time. He knows what he's doing. So, John Riel Casimero, you have your work cut out for you. I wish you the best. If you can come out and flush Rigondeaux, if you can get him out of there, if you can get El Chacal out of there, salute to you. But I have a feeling that this is going to go the way it's gone so many times where guys go in there thinking that they're just really, really good at what they do, and they get clipped, and then they decide to fall back because they don't like what's coming coming back from him yeah. um, during the course of the fight. I watched a couple of his fights. He's pretty explosive himself. That's cool. That's cool. So it'll, be, it'll be a good fight. It'll definitely be a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. But, but my main thing about that was that I don't see a Nonino Donaire being scared when he's fought in no way, and yeah. then he fought Rigondeaux like, I'm pulling yeah, out of the fight because of the lack of professionalism and you disrespecting my, my wife. This is my wife. I've been with this woman for years, bro. You, you just can't do that. We, I'm at an advanced age where this is strictly about boxing and professionalism and you being 30, 31, 32 isn't the same as me as 38, 37, 38, 39. Like there's just a difference yeah. in, in professionalism and life. Like I'm, 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 I'm advanced at this age and I made my money already. You, you're on your way up. Oh, and let's not forget, we also know that Manny was very, you know, big on saying that he's scared of needles and shit like that, too. So there's no telling what could be going over there in the, in the background with that whole Manny Pacquiao promotion. It's not yeah. saying that people are cheating, but. Yeah, um, 
I don't know. All I know is is that I don't think enough was said or done, regardless, to pull out the fight. That's that's my you know that's my position on it. And uh, it's now he's fighting Rigo. So now he's fighting Rigo, and maybe they make the fight later. You know, we'll see. You know, I don't know. Well, you know, that's unfortunate. Unfortunate for the Filipino fans too, because you know that was going to be Filipino oh. versus Filipino. That's be all Filipino cards. That would have been, you know, that would have been, been dope great for the Philippines. That would yes. have been dope. So yeah, yeah, that'd have been a dope fight to see. But uh, it's not happening for whatever reason. If you think it's ducking, I don't think Nonino Donaire, the Flash, the Filipino Flash, is ducking anybody. I just think at this point in his career, just like yo, I don't have no time for that bullshit, man. Like. I didn't come here for that. Like, just keep it professional, especially if I'm doing all the work for your dumb ass. But you know, whatever it is, if if it's ducking, man, it is ducking. I don't, I don't know. I've seen people do worse to get get out yeah, of I mean, you, a fight. You can, duck, you can duck for different reasons. It's not always just fear. Sometimes it's like, mm, you know, I don't want to deal with all this, or mm, maybe you know what? Yeah, let them go through another test, and let's see, let them get softened up a little bit. I'm not in no Nito's head. Um, I'm definitely not in his marriage or his, you know, boxing agreements and contracts. Yeah. Just me. Maybe, maybe, maybe he saw it. He was just like, yo, if I take the Casemiro fight. I got to pay you out of my, my end of the fight. No, you go, you can, you can go get, you can go get uh, Rigo. You can take on Rigo. Get your shit so cracked. I like that. I saw Jason Gibbons apologize. You know, that's what I'm saying. Guys. Like it's a bunch. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's that shit is crazy, man. <laughs> you have, now you apologizing. Well, go ahead and apologize. You still got to fight Rigo, my guy. You still got to fight Guillermo Rigondeau, and you gonna get your yeah. shit cracked. You gonna get your yeah, shit cracked. Right. And so Nonito's dad said Manny Pacquiao's gonna knock out Errol Spence between what round one and six. Well, so that goes back to what we <laughs> talked about. The whole <laughs> nation and pride. So for people yeah. who are listening, it's okay. Represent your nation, represent your ethnicity, represent your culture, represent your community, represent your neighborhood, represent your pride. I strictly go by boxing acumen. The skills that you have when you get in the ring, are they better than the next guy that's coming into the ring? And when we go by skill, even though Manny Pacquiao was 42 years old, he just had a great fight with Keith Thurman. The guy he is about to fight ain't no goddamn Keith Thurman. It is 103 degrees right now in Texas, and I guarantee you, at whatever time, it is, it, it's late. We're going to say that. It's yeah. late. In Texas, it is late. And I bet you right now, Errol Spence is just leaving the gym or he coming down at the end of his workout, getting ready to leave. I, I can promise you that. I yeah. promise you that. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be in the best shape. I, I, I think, I think again, they think, well, he's not what he was against Danny Garcia. And again, he even said he was 75, 80%. And you got to warm yourself up. Uh, nobody hops right in, you know, from something like that and goes to 100. So I think, uh, I think they're making the wrong bet. And I, I do also think, you know, I get it. You know, we know Manny's attributes. Speed, speed. I mean, Manny's going to do with speed and power. Speed, speed, speed. And I get that. Oh, he's just going to. But the way they talk about it is, you know, he's like, well, Manny's just going to come in and come right out. I'm like, oh, really? So you expect him to come in and come out and no resistance from Spence. <laughs> so to me, they obviously haven't seen any of Spence's fights. 
Um, I think also people get, they're getting a lot of false hope from the Sean Porter fight because Sean Porter got inside. And I think even Danny Garcia misled a lot of people saying, well, no, Sean Porter forced that fight. You know, Errol said before the fight, he was going to fight that type of fight. Um, and so at the end of the day, and then Manny doesn't fight like Sean Porter. Again, this, again it's, it's a lot of silliness going on. Manny doesn't fight on the inside. My, Manny gets in and gets out. Sean Porter was hugging, scrappling, staying on the inside, try, trying to negate the distance the whole time and staying on the inside. So that's a two very, very different things. And I think to look at whether it's the Danny Garcia fight, the Sean Porter fight, every fight is different. Styles make fights. I just think it's a big mistake. And uh, the way Earl, Earl's training, I think, I think Pacquiao is going to get hurt this fight. I think, I think, he, I think he's going to get hurt. And I think he's going to get hurt because um, he, he's putting a lot into this. I give Manny all the credit. He's training his behind off. You know, he's got that YOLO energy going. He got his whole, I saw his whole team landed from the Philippines today. They were all in the LAX, the airport, talking big game, big stuff. They had a 40-person delegation and either Salute to and Boo all Boy. That. Salute to Boo Boy. And I heard Boo Boy out here, but it's like they, I think they really don't get it. I think they don't get it, and I think as they start to do a little bit more studying on Errol Spence, a little bit more, and I think it's just people. They you know, still not like, gonna get it because they don't. They don't they see it. Well, they still not gonna get it. I think. I think at some point they will say, nope. "Okay, we 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 looked at this. We anticipated the worst version of Errol Spence. What if we get the best version? What if we get the Kill Brooks Spence? What if we get the Leonard Bundu Chris Algieri Spence?" What do we do with that? And I think, I think they're going to start thinking about that. And I think they're going to be like, okay, man, if you feel this, if he does that, hey, let's try to work on decisions. Come in, shoe shine, get out. Come in, shoe shine, get out. Take your big shots when you get it if you can. Let's try to get it to a decision. If he's that Spence. If he's the Spence we think that maybe he's a step slower and worn down and all of this, then maybe you, you can hit him with a big shot and get him out of there. It'll overwhelm him. But I think the thing they're not thinking is, and it's the biggest mistake anybody can make in boxing, is that you think a guy like that stays the same. Like, they're not giving Spence any credit for, what if he's getting better? What if he's getting stronger? What, what if he does? And the other thing I think they're not thinking about is, I heard Donaire's father say, well, you know, and, 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 and you know, they tried to they tried to talk to it. The interviewer tried to tell us that. Like, you know, Spence is a big guy and, you know, he's got a pretty good KO percentage. He said, look, man, we're not worried about him at all because, you know, he can't knock Manny out. He can't knock Manny out. He couldn't stop Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is saying about the same side as Manny and he couldn't stop Mikey Garcia. And Mikey Garcia can't move like Manny Pacquiao. And see, again, I think, but see, but this, this is smart by Spence. He's catching people, getting their feelings, thinking too much, seeing something that he did with somebody else, thinking that's them. See, Danny Garcia made the same thing. Oh, I see something. I see something. Mikey Garcia, oh, I see something. Everybody sees something. Then they get in the ring, and the shit is different. Super different. And so, Manny... like, <laughs> go ahead. And so, to me, they should have saw the red flag with Danny Garcia. You fighting him. Right after a car accident, go for it. Then you hear Danny, he's not the biggest puncher. 
Well, okay, if he's not the biggest puncher, how come he didn't take any chances? Oh, there goes some truth right there, pimp. How come you ain't step in? How come, come on, Danny, you got one punch knockout power. Oh, Sean Porter don't hit like me. Oh, they don't hit like me. How come you didn't go for it? See, that's my thing about guys. That's all cap when it's like, this guy doesn't hit, hit hard or this guy can't do this. Okay, if the guy's not that, then why didn't you do it? Same thing with Mikey. You know, they're, they're still a little butt hurt. Oh, it's, it's not the biggest punch about. Okay, if he's not Mikey, how come you didn't take the shots upside the head into the body, walk through it, and deliver your right hands? How come you ain't dig See, in? So I don't want to hear anything. I don't believe anything any fighter says that does not take the chance to show it. No. Because you really don't know shit. You do know it, but you don't know it. So you do know it because the common sense and instinct connected in your body saying, I don't think I'm going to take that chance. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have, so then critical thinking, why? So it's all cap. And I think Manny's going to find out the hard way. I think with this one, though, I think Spence, especially because it's one of his last fights at 147. I think he's kind of like this comedian, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I can't help. I can't help it. Hey, man, he let said, me just say this real quick. He set niggas up, bro. He set them up. You're going to get outboxed or you're going to get knocked the fuck out. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to fucking say it. You're going yeah. to get outboxed. Anybody listening that wants to place a bet by Errol Spence, you're going to get outboxed or guess what? You're going to get knocked the fuck out and if you don't get yeah. knocked out you're gonna get beatily you're gonna get brutally beat yeah for 12 rounds i can guarantee you and, and here's the thing people have to look at manny look all respect to manny one of the, one of the greatest resumes in boxing manny's fought a lot of fighters manny hasn't fought a lot of boxers when he has fought guys who can really box he's had a lot of problems. Look at what Mayweather did to him. Yes. You know, Spence is way different than Mayweather. Um, and Spence is a boxer puncher. Spence is a boxer puncher. He's physically bigger, physically stronger, and he's southpaw. Then you look at it as I'm, I'm about to G check Chris Colbert here. I know he boxes, I don't box, but I'm going to tell you a big mistake he made by saying what he said. He said, the reason is, oh, well, Earl, Earl can't beat him because he's flat-footed. Okay, Chris. So because he's not bouncing around like a jumping beam and he's flat-footed, that's why you figure Manny's going to be able to do what he wants to do and out quick him and do this and that. Okay. All right. I think what Chris Colbert... And I know he might be getting mad. And I like Chris Cole, but I think what he don't understand about boxing, I'm about to go there, is that Errol can stay flat-footed until you make him not have to be flat-footed. And what I mean by that is, is Errol is gauging distance. He's keeping you in front of him, and he's controlling you with the jab. The reason why he's flat-footed is because you're always concerned about that left hand, and you know he's sitting down in that left hand. And you, you, you're worried about the body punches from Earl. And you're worried about the body punches. And anybody who's worried about a body punch, you know what they don't do? They don't come in. They back up. 
That's why he always ends up walking people down. People don't really think about that. If you, if you know boxing, it's a mental thing. Everybody's so busy giving Manny credit. Oh, he's hopping around. He's doing all this. Manny's doing that because Manny has to do that. Manny has to be the quick jumping being all right. He's too small to, at that weight class. To, he can't do what Tank Davis does. He ain't built that way. He's got to use the quickness and dart all around and find angles. Got to change levels. He got to change levels. So what I want to let under, have Chris Colbert understand about boxing is, is that a lot of the stuff you really, you know, all, you know, excited about Manny, he did it against orthodox fighters because those angles are there. Those angles will not be there against the Southpaw. The other thing that Chris Colbert is not thinking about is, is that Errol Spence in every fight other than one fight that he decided what he wanted to do, if he controls distance. And I hear a lot of people say, well, once Manny figures out that jab, that's the other dumbest thing, next dumbest thing I've heard. Well, guess what? Once he figures out the jab, the left hand is coming. What left hand when you got a guy that's a southpaw as well? True. So here's the thing. Here's what I want to ask the pack out, the pack tards. Whose right hand is better, Spencer's or Manny's? Who got the better jab, Manny or Spence? Spence. So big disadvantage there. And because they're both southpaws, it's harder to counter over Spence's jab. Now, because he's short, he's, he can't come over the jab. He's going to have to come under the jab. Here's the problem, though. You're short a guy, you're coming underneath. A guy who throws a lot of left-handed body punches, what's going to happen? You're going to be right. He touches you. He touches you. You're trying to slip. You got to hop in. Boom. He's, he's going to sit right there and time Manny trying to jump in. And he's going to pop the shit out of him. With left hands from angles that I used to see him doing. They used to spend on body punches from here. They don't understand. Spencer's going to keep it tight. Bring the defense back. Boom, boom. Manny's going to try to hop in. And a couple of times, Spencer's going to shell up, just see what Manny got, just so we can time him. Is he going to throw four punches, five punches? Is he going, I know we're going to pivot. I know he's going to try to confuse me and pivot and turn me around. Let me let him do all of that bullshit. Then when he get comfortable, he can do all this different punches, but he got to come in. When he do that, Spencer's going to be like, okay, boom, boom, I might double, or I might jab to the body, boom, boom. Oh, you, oh okay, you're getting comfortable, trying, you're trying to slip my jab. Okay, cool. You slip and you come underneath, you try to come with something, half step back, shoot something, boom, right there. That's how that's how the fight's gonna end. Manny Pacquiao, that stuff that you do when you lay on the ropes and you let guys hit you, it's cause you're catching yeah, your breath. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's not gonna happen with Spence. It's cause you're he catching your breath. This yeah, guy, this guy is going to come forward, he's gonna push you back. If he yep. gets you on the rope, he is not going to stop throwing punches and if he does it's because he's proved his point or he's gotten he's he's gotten his punches off and he's gonna uh, fall back but i just want you to know errol spence ain't he is not miguel coto and he is not antonio margarito the he is nothing like them this is nothing like what you believe that you're gonna be in for this kid here's has a variation of everything that he does. Yes. And here's another thing he's going to do that they don't see coming. I, again, I listen to Chris Colbert, I listen to the Pactards. 
Manny's power comes from jumping in and closing the distance using his lower body. People say, well, man, that's amazing how he does it with his technique. Well, guess what? If I am darting in and jumping and throwing my body weight and, and flipping and turning and punching you, it's going to have a lot of force to it. And, and that's his style. What happens when that gets smothered? What happens when somebody's walking you down and you don't have the opportunity, you don't have the runway to hop in to build that power up? See, people give Pacquiao a lot of credit because Pacquiao has to do things and leap in to build that power up. I don't think Spence is going to give him the runway. I think Spence is going to walk him down and dog him. You know, he's going to box with him a little bit. Yeah, I can outbox you. Then I think, you know, if Manny hits him with a couple shots or I think if he's like, okay, I'm softening him up with the jab. I think he closed that distance. Manny's going to have to keep circling and getting out of there. He's going to make Manny move a lot, which is why Manny's trying to be in great shape because Manny knows he's going to have to move a lot in this fight. I just think Errol smothers him. He cuts him off. He takes that runway off, and he makes it a phone booth fight. Oh, yeah, y'all will look at the Sean Porter fight. Let's see Manny shot, fight the Sean. Let's see Manny stand still on those rock legs and go, and go for blow for blow with Arrow. He's going to get fucked up because the power, all his power, Manny, you never see Manny on the inside with somebody, tear somebody. He's got to be back a little bit and leap in to generate that power. And I just, I, just, I just see a situation to where either way it goes, it's really going to be on Spence's terms. It's not going to be on Manny's terms. It's going to be no. which way Spence wants to get Manny out of there. Either you're going to get boxed out the ring or you're going to get knocked out. And that's simple and fucking plain. And that's not me because I know a lot of people, oh, you're just saying that because he's black. Nope. I'm telling you that based on the skill set of Errol Spence. <clears throat> Errol Spence, Spence has a mean streak, just like Pacquiao does. Um, not It has nothing to do with him being a younger fighter. It has everything to do with Errol wanting this fight, wanting to secure his legacy, and, want to get, and wanting to get out of the welterweight division and moving up in grand fashion, in spectacular fashion. He doesn't want to leave the division like, oh, well, you know, I fought many Pacquiao and then I moved up. He wants yeah. to leave a mark and say, I did this before anybody else ever did it because no one has done it. And salute to Manny Pacquiao because Manny Pacquiao is an awesome fighter. He's a living legend to me. He's a very, living, he's a, yeah, he's an icon of the sport. He's a living legend. Manny Pacquiao has done a lot for the sport. He's made a lot of money. He's represent, represented the <clears> Philippines <throat> and, and where he's from, the Serengeti province. He's represented those people very well. But when it comes to this fight, the Keith Thurman fight, I was a little bit more loose about it. I said it was 50-50 and Manny could walk away with that win. This, this fight, I'm saying because of the skill set of Errol Spence. Not because of the skill set of Keith Thurman, but because of the skill set of Errol Spence there's a lot more to be thrown into this fight than what you all see. And he's either going to box Manny's head off or he's going to beat the fuck out of Manny Pacquiao. And yeah. he's going to quit. I, I love what Derek, I agree. With you. I love what Derek James said. Well, how are you going to deal with the speed? Is Errol working on speed? He said, look, man, Errol works on everything. He said, what you got to understand about the way I train my guys is this. 
I sharpen up all the tools in the toolbox and we just take everything that we do really well and we just keep making it better. He said, and what you got to understand about boxing is, I hear everybody talking about speed, but speed doesn't stop timing. Timing beats speed 100 out of 100 times. So he gave an analogy. He said, if a car is going 100 miles an hour, but right at the right time, I'm able to get another car that's going slower, but it can be right in that path at the right time. He said, what the fuck happens to that car that's going 100 miles an hour? He said, so that's how I view August 21st. He said, you know, time and beat speed. Well, what about his foot move? What about this? Well, you know, it's boxing. It's not a dance out there. You know, we move how we need to move. We don't waste punches. We don't waste energy. Everything we do has a purpose. So as he's jumping all around, we know what Manny does. We've seen him. We're going to get him where we want to get him. And we know where he likes to go. And we'll be ready. He said, what you'll see, he said, Errol Spence is going to be Errol Spence. Don't think Errol Spence is going to come out there and be looking like Bud Crawford. It's not going to happen. That's not his no. thing. No. He said, what you got to understand about boxing is, he said, and it's kind of like you hear people talk about martial arts. People so worried thinking, oh, you got to go in and, 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 and this guy's really good at jujitsu. You got now. You got to go learn some jujitsu because he's especially the jujitsu. He said, "No, nah, man. You know, I don't believe in that. Like that shit is cool, but I don't believe in that. See what I believe in? If, if if your specialty is judo, then be the best at judo that you could possibly be. Absolutely. He, let, he said, then let our styles lock up and let's see which style is superior. Absolutely. Absolutely. He said, I'm gonna tell you right now, Arrow style is superior." And and Derrick James has to say that because he can't give away the game plan. Mm -hmm. And and and, and I know that and I understand and I respect that. Salute to Derrick James because he's been training a year for a couple years and you motherfuckers keep passing him by. And if he gets another yeah, if he gets another champ that's undisputed in and another belt with arrow, like man, y'all bullshitting. Like, so, yeah, I mean, salute to Derrick yeah, James, man. Let me give him his with, flowers because he's done well. Two unified champions and about to be the only uh, 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 trainer, uh, uh, you know, hopefully with everything goes well with Jermail and with Earl. You know, he could have an undisputed. And with Earl, you know, not only is, is, is he going to retain his two belts, but he also picks up the ring magazine belt. Not just the Ring Magazine, but now the uh, governing body of the WBA is saying they're going, they may reinstate, they're going to look it over and reinstate Manny Pacquiao. They should reinstate him. He was champion in recess. It was a pandemic. Give the man, they want, they know they want those, they want, they want that money. I think they have to change that. It needs to be a unification. And the Ring Magazine, I like what they did. They threw their belt in there. The last person to hold the Ring Magazine belt at 147 pounds was in 2015, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather's held it. Henry Armstrong. Um, Salute to Henry Sugar Armstrong. Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, I think Sugar Ray Robinson. I think they were just talking about the lineage. So, and then Mayweather. And now they're putting that belt up for supremacy to be number one champ, number one everything in 147. And follow that historic lineage. Yeah. So there's a lot on the line 
Um, it's a lot on the line for Pacquiao, too. He'd be the first non-black, <laughs> I believe, Ring Magazine champ in Wild at, at uh, 147. And for Earl, it would just be able to put his name on there with the greats. He ain't Manny's already there with the greats. But it would put Earl there with the greats, too, to beat a guy like Manny. And uh, obviously, he'd be number one. Um, uh, and this has got to feel be bad for Bud, because, you know, Bud had the Ring Magazine at 140 when he was undisputed. Uh, so he knows that ring magazine belt means something, but I'm pretty sure the uh, the Bud Boys will say, "Oh, that that belt don't mean anything." But yours did at 140, but I won at 147. Listen, I, I just want to say salute to Henry Armstrong, the family legacy, the blood ties, heritage, and all that. Henry Armstrong was an awesome guy, an awesome fighter. He fought in multiple weight classes. The only one that he didn't have any success at was light heavyweight. And this was and this was at the time when there were less, less boxing divisions than we have now. He went all the way up to light heavyweight and he did not secure the bag. He did not secure. He secured the bag, but he did not secure the win uh, at the time in the 1930s or early 1940s or whatever it was. Salute to him. But he went all the way up from being like a flyweight or something like that. So basically being like one hundred and five pounds all the way up to 180 or whatever it was at the time. So salute to crazy dimensions, boy. He had a crazy body type. He was a short dude with super long arms and huge hands. Yeah, and and what people don't understand about Henry Armstrong, if you go look him up, he's one of those guys that fathered the style of coming forward and cutting the ring off without without letting you know that he was cutting the ring off. But he put you in a position where he made you, he put, he put pressure on you. And he made, he put you in a situation where you had to throw punches and you had to fight for yourself. And every time you stepped up to try to fight him, he had a, he had an answer for everything that you did. So Henry Armstrong is a legend. Who you'll see, says a Chavez. You can see some of the, the remnants and his style from uh, Henry Armstrong. And, and there are a lot of few, there are a few others that uh, carry that style to this day, but with, with the ring magazine and everything, that'd be awesome. But, the main thing is I just want to see them reinstate that WBA so we can get a, an official champion moving forward and a, a better understanding of where these belts are going to go. So, so there could be a unification, man. And, and look, the, the next biggest fight is, is, is Earl, Earl and, and Bud Crawford. It should – Ugas didn't beat anybody. And there's no disrespect to your Danny, but he didn't beat anybody to get that belt. Manny, yeah, Manny was inactive, but Manny's a senator of another country, and it was a pandemic. Correct. And the pandemic in, in everywhere else in the world is worse than it is here. People think it's bad here. It's a thousand times worse in other countries. Facts. Um, they're just not as developed. They're not as wealthy as we are. They don't have the, the, the infrastructure that we have. Um, so to me, it's like they got to reinstate him, man. He was champion in recess. They didn't just say, forget you. He's champion in recess. So if he's going to fight again, then he's no longer in recess. Right, right. Manny was just, when you say recess, remember, everybody, I had recess as a kid. You just basically go out and play. Let me go do what I need to do to get myself together, and then I'll come back. So that's all Manny did, and he came back. You know, it was COVID. He's a senator, uh, vying, vying for the position of president of the Philippines, like, Get that man his respect and his just due. Like he got a lot going on on his plate, and he's trying to mm-hmm. he's trying to run it up. So I don't blame him. Like it, it's okay, it's okay well, for Earl, all that. Earl will be the lineal though, right? Because when you think about it, he won the IBF. He beat the man that had the belt killed. Work at the IBF. 
Thur- Keith Thurman had the WBA and the WBC. He got stripped of the WBC, which obviously Danny Garcia and Sean Porter fought for. Obviously, Ear- Earl beat Sean Porter. Now, technically speaking, from a lineal perspective, Mandy Pacquiao would be because he beat Keith Thurman. He beat the man that had the belt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So then you, Mandy Pacquiao would be the WBC, WBA champion. So from a lineal perspective, it's really WBC, WBA, Manny Pacquiao, IBF, Earl Spence from a lineal perspective. So Earl, even, even though we know what it is, he's the unified WBC, IBF champion. And Manny is right now champion in recess. Um, if Earl beats Manny, he would still be the lineal WBA champion because he beat the man that, uh, that beat the man that had that belt. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, and if you want to argue about WBC, well, then if you beat Manny from a lineal perspective, then you beat the man, you beat the man who had both of those girls. That's so I think it's, it's huge for him. I'm glad they threw the ring magazine in there. I think the ring magazine belt, we're going to put extra pressure on the WBA to, you know, switch that up. For me, I don't think it would. Like, if, if you're like me, you, you give like three fucks about a ring magazine belt because it's so biased and it's biased. I don't care. But again, sometimes the old media fuckboy shit brings the cachet and puts pressure on the other fuckboys, which I think is such a body for fuckboys. So to me, I just think um, they're really being left out of the mix there. The only sanctioned body that really doesn't have a say in anything is the WBO because Terrence Crawford has that, you know. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then obviously Errol said he has one more fight. If you know, and I'm looking. If I'm the sanction fighter, I'm like, look, man, give me that WBA. So whoever wins has all the belts. Then the next only next fight to make is Crawford, and then you can have an undisputed fight. I saw an right? interview. I, yeah, but I saw an interview with Earl while he was working out, and he said, if I don't get this goddamn, if I don't get this next fight after Manny. I'm going to 154. Can't nobody stop. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, and I think if I'm WBA, that's why I don't, I don't mind putting Pacquiao champion in recess because even if Earl wins it, right, he's not holding it down forever. He said he would take one more fight, and that's if you know Bud goes against what he said he was going to do, and he has a fight and they do an undisputed fight. Then at that point, you know, if Earl wins all the belts, he's going to relinquish all of them. And move up to 154. Boy, that's going to be some chaos there, man, when he let them belts go, bro. The motherfuckers well, is going to be jumping in. You are, but look, here's the problem with the old heads. Here's going to be the problem for the Thurmans, the Porters. Uh, Danny said he moving to 154, but I think it's cap. I think he's waiting around thinking he can get another belt again. And 147 on the early leave, I'm going to try to be a war of attrition. I, I think the problem is, um, you know, Boots. Boots got next. And so I think um, Boots just got next. I think he's up there, in, in there. The PBC is definitely starting to put him on. Give him mean, a showtime. He's starting to get some features. I, I just think those belts aren't going anywhere other than with Boots in us, in my personal opinion. I don't see them leaving. Nah, n- listen, um, I'm a believer in Boots in us. If anybody is listening, paying attention, it's going to be very hard for to deny Boots in this in the next few years, in the next few to four years. 
I just I see it I see it being very hard. And I don't care who you put in front of him. I don't care who you put in front of him. If it ain't Errol Spence, I don't care who you put in front of him. You're gonna have a very yeah. hard time with with with, with Jerron Boots Ennis. It's it's just yeah. gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. And it, it, for the people denying, hard. for the people denying him and acting like you don't know who he is and acting like you never heard of this kid at 27 and oh, it's kind of hard to ignore this kid in the welterweight division. He's 5'10, maybe 5'11. You know, he's gonna keep growing, he's gonna keep getting bigger. Everybody knows who he is. So it's kind of hard to say that you don't know who the who the guy is. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of hard to ignore his skill set. And even though his last fight, which I said against Lippinets, and there's no disrespect to Lippinets, because yeah. people say, oh, Lippinets was great at 140, blah, blah, blah. Listen, you're great at you were good at 140. You weren't great. You were good at 140. You were just a stepping stone. And Jerron needs better competition. But one of the reasons why he can't get better competition is the same reason why he can't get great sparring partners he's just that fucking good so it's hard to deny a guy like that it's hard to sit there and say that this guy can't fight when he can and i would love to see more guys step up and and, and take on they won't do it, but they don't want to do it do because it. they don't want to ruin their reputation the, 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 the only guy who has any legitimate reason to not face boots, in my opinion, is Earl Spence because you got Manny Pacquiao. Nobody's going to say no to that. And Terrence Crawford has the last belt. If you already the if you are the champ, you're the unified champ. You got another, which I think eventually will end up being champ or definitely icon, whatever, in Manny Pacquiao. It's the biggest money fight anybody can make, period, is Manny Pacquiao. Then you can't, you know, you don't take boots in this over Manny Pacquiao. Boots in this is not bringing a belt to the mix. The money's not the same, so I get that. Then you, the next fight is, okay, Earl said, I want to all the belts. I want to understand. I'm going to clear up my side, and I'm going to go over to that side. And it's on butter. And after that, we know he's, you know, he's over the weight, so that's fine. But I know Sean Porter's giving him respect, but fight boots in this, bro. I, I know you're giving him respect, but I don't know what y'all think is going to happen. I know if you all think that the section about this is going to hit the replay button, and you and Danny Garcia are going to be fighting for a vacant belt. It's not going to go that way. For anybody that's uh, going to fight, you're going to end up. Somebody's going to end up running to Keith Thurman, and then somebody's going to end up running into Boots Ennis. It's just no way around it. Well, you know what's going to happen. The kid is on his way. The kid, he's just on his way, man. You can't deny him. Yeah. He's, on, he's on his way. He, he's on his way. And so, to me, if you look at the rankings, um. He's going to get all the opportunities. And when you think about it from the next star in terms of who the, the casual fan and the, and the people will say, I want to see that fight, it's going to be a boost in this fight. And so if, if, if Porter and Thurman and Ugas, if they're going to stay at 147, they're going to have to see boots, man. I mean, maybe one of those sections might peel off and give Virgil Ortiz an opportunity. Most likely it would be the WBC because Virgil Ortiz is Mexican American. Um, but in terms of the IBF and the WBA, um, I, I think I think that's got boots written all over it. And I think uh, yeah, I just think it's a problem, man. I just think I think it's a problem. It's a big problem. Hey, you got fireworks ringing off in the background? Man, they got my bad, man. They going crazy <laughs> over your body, man. 
It's been going on the whole good. time. Listen, the whole time. The whole time. I was like, God man, damn! I know, I know she ain't in there acting crazy bro. like that, man. No, bro, it's not. In the window, everything's closed, but it's nuts, man. It's, yeah, nuts it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going on in the background by me, and so I'm like, damn. Every time it pop over here, I can hear it pop over at your spot. So I'm like, man, he must. Yeah, because you know, number one, I'm right by the lake. Yeah. Number two, you got the dead end street, and they do a lot of stuff over there. And then I got neighbors; I can see them out in the alley. Yeah, they out there. Out I hear the it. I hear it, off, bro. For everybody listening, y'all hearing, y'all hearing fireworks. If you hear them in the background, it's just fireworks. Ain't nothing. Crazy. It's audio. That's it. That's the fire. It's gonna be that way July 24th and August 21st. Yeah. Oh, it's oh yeah. Fireworks. It's gonna be crazy. Motherfuckers gonna be fighting. Um, we yeah. good or is there anything else you want to get off? No, nah, man, that's pretty much it, man. I think that's it. Um, obviously July 17th, uh, at some point we'll cover uh the undisputed match between uh Jamel Charlo and uh Brian Castaño. I think we both so got we, Charlo in that fight. We both got Charlo in that fight. I think it's um, gonna be a knockout. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I think it's gonna be a left hook. I think um I mean, obviously, you got AJ and you, Usyk coming. You got Wilder Fury. I got Usyk coming. in that fight. <clears throat> yep, yep. Uh, I got AJ in that fight. I have to say that because we can't keep agreeing on every right. goddamn thing. So I'm going. Yeah, I, I got I got AJ in that fight. Not because I think he's a better boxer. Because I don't think he is. I just I didn't like the way Usyk responded to some of the the heavy punches he got from Chisora. And I, you know, he is small. He is small. Yeah, Anthony Joshua hits harder, and he delivers his punches better than Chisora. And I just think he's going to have a problem with AJ's size. And eventually, I think AJ will, uh, will will catch him with something big and stop him. That's my prediction. Yeah, I just don't think there's going to be with AJ. AJ don't do a lot of chasing you down. It's methodical. Like, Chisora had to chase him down and, and run after him. And AJ's right. just not going to do that. He's just going to put you in place to make sure that he can get his, his combinations off. And because of him doing it, I feel like Usyk may have opportunities to catch him and, and oh, put yeah. him out. So, I, think, I think Usyk will definitely hit him with some shots, for sure. I think he'll outbox him initially. I think what they're going to work on is just using the jab to move Usyk where they want him to go to. And then it doesn't matter what part of the body they hit him. They just feel whatever they're going to hurt them. Yeah, 6'5", 6'6", 250, 260 pounds. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a light guy, man. You know, uh, Usyk coming up 6'2", 6'3", stepping up. Maybe he's, what, 220? Maybe. Best. Yeah, 220 at best. I just think he's going to get hurt. I think he's going to outbox AJ for, like, five, four, five, six rounds. And I just think about, like, round – Eight through ten, he's going to get hit with something big and just not react well to it, and I think it's going to be a problem. I hope not. Um, even though I'm going for Usyk, I would like for AJ to come out right away and get the jab going to make sure he disrupts anything that Usyk can try to put out there. But I'm only picking Usyk because I like Usyk's skill set, and we can't agree on everything all the time. Like that just that's horrible. So I'm just going to take another guy. Um, I like Usyk. Uh, when he was a what was that a cruiserweight? I liked him when he was a cruiserweight. He was a good cruiserweight. Yeah, he, but he, he dominated. Uh, yeah, cruiserweight. 
Yeah, but the only thing about cruiserweights was at this point in time in the last few years, there haven't been many awesome cruiserweights to pay attention to. So he was he, he was able to run through that division and, and just and just and just tackle it and, and, and take over. So um, yeah, no competition really. Yeah. <laughs> basically, basically that, that's the easier way yeah. of saying it. So yeah, um, yeah. So we're we're done. I think we're done here. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, for uh, sure. Salute to everybody in Brussels. Salute to everybody in the Philippines, London. Salute to Texas and California. Everybody else watching worldwide. I appreciate it. Jay, it's been an awesome one. I like this episode, man. Even though I fell asleep on Chris Colbert. In the ninth round, man, good. I was fucking tired. But, uh, it's all good, man. Hey, man, I got to get my sleep. Fuck all that. I don't sleep a lot. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate you, man. Go ahead and do your thing. Hey, everybody yeah. that's listening, we are not banging pots in the background. It's fireworks. That's all it's you It's Independence Day. It's yeah. fireworks, you know. Yeah. I don't want to date We talk about boxing, so shit popping off. So you know yeah. that's all I, I don't want to date the episode, but I got to let y'all know that it's <laughs> Independence Day or whatever y'all believe in. Independence Day episode. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, man, I appreciate you, bro. And we're going to get the fuck on about it here. Likewise. No doubt, yes, bro. Sir. Peace. Yeah. Have a good one.